Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Germuga. Number one, hanging out with all my friends, Dan Cullen Hedgley. Emilio Diaz. Alright, we're in the same room, sitting For, around yeah, a table. The first time ever on mic. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's I'm, wild. I'm touching Cullen. It's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, probably going to be our most crosstalk-heavy episode ever. But also the one that'll involve the least amount of... Yeah, no, you go ahead. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah. so you know, pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're all in the city of New York. We're, we're currently in the borough of Brooklyn, although we've been spending a lot of time in Manhattan, taking in the films, the sights, the sounds, the smells of the New York Film Festival. Yeah, we're mostly here to talk about the smells, though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Number one... Favorite smell is gotta be piss. Uh, <laughs> number two, uh, subway piss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, our favorite game, uh, rat rats. piss or human yeah. piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rat blood, <laughs> human cum. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, so we all, so New York Film Festival kicked off this past Friday, the day of our most recent episode drop, which you have hopefully listen to by now so you could discover what we were planning on seeing ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, there were some close calls, but we all made all our movies uh, on Friday. Um, uh, which was, in fact, the opening night film, uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. So uh, Jesse and Emilio saw that at, at the 6 p.m. like world premiere with uh, with uh, Francis and Denzel and Joel and, and, and various others in attendance. Uh, Cullen caught a 6.15 with just a quick intro, as my understanding, and yeah. <laughs> no fancy people. And then I uh, caught a 9 p.m., uh, which had all the fancy people again. So uh, I guess should we just start with uh, what do we think of the tragedy of Macbeth? Sure. sure. Uh, yeah, I can start. I may be the most positive on it here. I think it's very good. I think it's like a very earnest in- interpretation of Shakespeare's play, I think. Everybody is doing like a pretty good and interesting job at like portraying those characters and like giving enough like the actors are clearly being given enough space to like do their own thing with it, but not like it, it not make it like so modern that it reads like like backwards hat Shakespeare's was a first rapper type, <laughs> type of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, you teach. <laughs> yeah, it's like very uh, sound stagey. Lots of great sets. Lots of great sets. Lots of great mm-hmm. lighting. I think there is like some pockets of dullness, of just like the, there are some spots where I don't think it like it's fully engaging. And I think w- most of us are gonna talk about how McDormand, I think, is maybe the, like least interesting part of it, and like Lady Macbeth is like not a really hugely like interesting part of this interpretation but I think there's a lot of other good stuff yeah I like and maybe the softest on it um, I when I was watching it it is good to watch it like looks great uh, it's like a lot of actors giving like very actory performances like obviously Shakespeare lends itself to that where you're like this person's like putting in a lot of work 
and it shows and it like looks good and it it works for the movie uh but i also just like don't really have like a mind for shakespeare i guess where i'm like yeah this is like cool but also i don't really like get a ton out of it (laughs) it's like it's uh get it's moments where there's like deaths that happen that are like exciting and jarring and uh you know obviously uh it's been talked about that cohen's like going for a sort of expressionism for his you know milieu of what he's doing and there's like moments of that that are really great like Emilio was talking about with the sets they all look really incredible and there's some great shots of where you're just like how tall is this building that they're in mm-hmm. and uh you have like performances by Catherine hunter is that her name yeah yeah and she plays the witches um and that's like a truly stunning performance of like physicality maybe at the forefront where she's doing like this insane contortionism like at the beginning and then also she plays very well into the expressionist uh you know style and you like obviously like denzel is great he's just when i was watching i'm like this guy is just like the best actor probably (laughs) and uh like everyone else like it's there's not like a performance where i'm like that's bad i like mcdormand is sort of just a thing of like this is, in my mind, like, Francis McDormand playing Lady Macbeth. I was like, this is going to be, like, a bug-wild performance. But then I'm like, this is just kind of normal. Because I think the only other Macbeth I've seen is the, like, filmed Patrick Stewart one for, like, BBC or whatever. Okay. Um, and I, I don't remember who the actress was, but I remember the Lady Macbeth there being, like, very intense. And, like, yeah, that was sort of my, uh, what I was thinking of, like, drawing for what McDormand would do. And then she's just, like... She's getting her scene at the beginning, which is, like, probably her best scene. Um, but then everything else is just very low-key and, like, not very interesting, I think. Um, and, yeah, Stephen Root comes in later and has, like, a truly stunning performance in <laughs> comedy and physicality that is the best stuff. I mean, yeah, he's doing, like, the classic Shakespearean clown thing where, like, you have to, like indicate to the audience that you're making a dick joke by using your hand to be a dick and stuff. Um, Yeah, I liked McDormand, I think, more than maybe the other folks here. I thought she was, like, really strong, uh, had that intensity, that the, the, I, I, you know, out damn spot is, like, a classic scene for a reason, and I think she delivers it really well. Um, uh, Yeah, I, I, I definitely like the movie. I think... I have seen, I've read the play, obviously, in high school, and then we watched, like, selections from the Polanski version, I believe. So that's, the like, the main other filmic version I have to compare it to. And it's certainly, like, it's, I think it, like, it moves very well. It's paced extremely strongly, I think. And it really does, like, you feel the descent of it. And, and it's it's really... Uh, yeah, I, I think it, like, it is beautiful, it is, it is well arced, which I think is not something I always necessarily get from a Shakespeare uh, production. I'm not the biggest Shakespeare person, despite being, you know, more of a theater person. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I do think, yeah, you get... I think the, the way it, like, transitions between scenes and the way it really is, is able to move, I think, is, like... And, and, and Joel Cohen said before the movie started, in his, like, little introduction, that, like, the important thing that he heard... That he, like, talked to, like, a Shakespeare expert friend of his was that it's only a tragedy if he starts off as a good person, Macbeth. Which I think, the Denzel performance, like, you really do get that descent from him 
of like where he is, where, how he starts and where he ends up and how it's such a different thing. Um, and yeah, and I, the, the moments of violence, I think, are just so well done and so shocking and like truly are like striking in a way that I think like it's so exciting to see done on film. Yeah, uh, I I like it a lot. Um, Macbeth is probably my favorite Shakespeare play, and also the one I'm just like most familiar with. Um, it's the I I've, I think the only other movie version I've seen is the terrible Kurtzel version. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. I'm sorry to say, uh, but yeah, I I think you know this one as has kind of been said, just, like, looks truly incredible. Um, and, like, everyone is very good in it. I don't have any problems with the McDormand performance. I think Denzel's better. But, um... Yeah, it's kind of one I feel like I'm still sitting with and we'll probably see again when it comes out. Yeah. It is, it is just a matter of, like, I, I don't know at the moment how interesting I find the interpretation of the play to be, but, like, A, that kind of doesn't matter when it looks so great and everyone is doing such a great job, and B, like, that's something that can kind of be revealed as I spend more time with it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, I have, like, a soft take about it of just, like, what I think it's, like, trying to do and, like, the way, the ways in which it worked for me that I think that it actually, the casting of Denzel, mm-hmm. I think, is interesting from, like, a racial <laughs> perspective that I think it, the, the movie does, like, softly create a dialogue of just, like, the type of people who are given power and the type of people who, are, who just have to, like, claw for it and, like, right. really fight for it despite, like, clearly being the most qualified and like the most like ready for that type of position and just ha- like how endless climbs for power will just like drive you mad which is like that's obviously what Macbeth is about but I think what it's doing with casting Denzel in that role and his performance I think is incredibly interesting and it, it's incredibly good and I think there's a good piece to be written about how it uses him and also Macduff in that relationship and that sort of dialogue about the like incredibly talented like people in combat who like aren't aren't given the space to be like have the power that other people like them should even though they like seem to be doing most of the work like Macbeth is a great warrior and he's not being he's not given the respect he thinks he deserves and sort of same with the ending with Macduff where he, he like basically does, <laughs> does the entirety of the fighting and then concedes power to somebody else I think it's very interesting I think it's uh there's a lot of stuff to it I think it's like my only problem with it is that I, it's like I think it's a little uneven so I don't like fully love it from a watching it pers- perspective but I do think it, it, it is interesting I do think it is interesting in context as like a Coen's movie Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, I do think, I do want to say, like, yeah, Corey Hawkins is maybe my performance of the movie. I think he's really, really good. Uh, he's having a really great year uh, between this and In the Heights, I think. Uh, it's just uh, so great to see him uh, really uh, tear up the screen in two different, in very, two very different ways. 
Do so we have any, anything else like that? No. No? So. Should we move on? Yeah. Is there sure. anything else that we've all four seen? No. Not until tonight, I don't think. I guess so, yeah. yeah. There's several we... stuff that three of us have seen. Yeah. Should we talk uh, Bergman Island? Sure. We can do that. Sure. Bergman Island. Mia Hansen loves new movie. Mm-hmm. What do you okay. think? Uh, I so I I'm a little more mixed on it. I think than I than I thought I might be. Um, I like I think like there's no part of it where I'm like this isn't working or this is bad or anything like that. But I do sort of think like the structure and the nature of it doesn't all quite add up to something like greater than the sum of its parts for me, which I was like a little bit frustrated by. I do I like I think it's very good. I certainly recommend anyone see it. I think. It looks good. It's got a, you know, it's obviously in a like a fascinating location, uh, where they're where they're where they're working. I think there's a lot of great work. Um, my favorite Vicky Creeps performance I've ever seen. Mia Wasikowska I think is tremendous in that movie. Um, but yeah, I I, I I I had a harder time. You know, the the I, I'm sure our listeners have heard somewhat about what the what the premise is, which is that it's like a filmmaking couple uh, who uh, go to. Uh, Faroe Island, where Bergman spent much of his life, uh, and to get creative inspiration for their next projects, and then, like the second half is largely just Vicky Creeps explaining what she's thinking of her new movie is going is going to be, and you you see it play out, which is the Mia Wasikowska, uh, Anders Danielson Lee sort of half, maybe a little less than half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I know Cullen really loved it, so Cullen, I'd love to hear your I thoughts. Mean, yeah. I think Mia Hansen Love is, like, one of, if not my favorite filmmakers working. Like, even with, like, the speed bump of Maya, which is, like, a fine movie. But Eden is one of my favorites ever. And, like, Goodbye First Love and Things to Come are movies that I liked a lot of the time and just age better and better and better. And this one, I feel like, is going to have that sort of trajectory where, like, uh, even on just, like, a night thinking about it, I am already, like more in love with it and i was very hot on at the time i uh, did say that the scene where they uh, a group of people dance to winner takes it all and then uh mia vasikovska like rides her bike through the uh, you know through the swedish island as it's like blasting is like the scene of the century because <laughs> uh, it's just so exciting and exactly it's like, like the coolest thing ever it's so good it's so good i mean well there's i mean we'll talk but um it's just, like, a movie that I truly can't even, like, wrap my head around. It's, like, such a genius work of writing, I think. And uh, to where it's, like, a movie about uh, going to work on Far Island uh, to make your movie that is about... Uh, so then, like, within that, you have, like, the sort of nesting doll structure of, like, Mia Vasikowska is going there for a writing... Uh, or for a, for a wedding, and she's also, like, a filmmaker who is obsessed with Bergman. Um, and then, just on the outside of it, you have Mia Hansen Love making this movie in Faro. And, like, I don't know, I didn't uh, stay there for the q and I don't know if they talked about where, if she, like, went there to write it, to write a movie, and, like, it came from that. But it is just, like, there's so much, like you have to imagine how much of it is so personal. Um, but it also feels... 
I mean, it's it's so like elliptical and like the way that it ends is like one of the craziest things I've seen. And we will talk about a movie that is like get the craziest ending uh, that I've seen at the festival probably. But it's just like so fascinating and there's so many layers to pull back. And it's like one that I feel like even people who are like mixed on it are like it either grows for them or they are expressing like the want to watch it again. And a hundred percent, I'm like, yeah, I would love to see this again and just sort of like pick at everything as it's happening and like realize what it's doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've for sure done it on the podcast about me trolling you about me a handsome love yes. and how I don't like Eden or whatever, which is why I'm surprised to say that I think Berkman Island is the best thing I've seen here so far. I think it's like a like poetically brilliant movie. I think it's like this very interesting meditation about like how everything in your life is ends up being de- defined by your desire wh- whether you want it or not and like the things you want are inextricably linked to how you perceive your life to be and just like how those lines get blurry sometimes and I think it just like does a, an absolutely genius th- job at portraying stuff like that I think like creeps is like Creeps is giving a performance that at at first I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. This is like standard Creeps. And then by the end, I was like fully like enamored by Mm -hmm. and just like the the movie takes a turn at some point to just like be more about like the movie they're making. And before that, I will admit that I was like a little like, yeah, this is like pretty good, like decent relationship stuff. I don't know if I love this stuff. But once it hit makes that turn, I was like fully on board and fully loved it uh Wabakovsk is great Andrew Danielson Lee is like so hot in it and like the hottest I think anybody's been, like been in the movie this year and it is just that that great confluence of I think it is like an intelligent subtle emotionally rich movie that I think is also very entertaining to watch yeah. and like a blast and it's like I'll, I'll, I will take back any bad thing <laughs> I'll ever, I've ever said about Mia Handsome Love I think she's clearly one of our best and deserves that level of uh respect and i mean it's like this is almost like too meta to think about it in this way but it's like i i thought a lot about clouds of silver maria while watching it which is like interesting yeah I mean, it's like if if you read anything deep into the movie it's like you could like read into it being about mia hansen's love relationship with asaya so yeah. it is interesting that they both made these like sort of elliptical, interesting, weirdly twisty movies about yeah. what it means to be creative and have control. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to seeing it on October 15th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus. coming out soon. People should check it out. Yeah. It's good, like, it's, it's uh, this festival, I am, there's, like, a lot of movies that are... Uh, directors I like that are like people don't usually talk about their movies like on a wider scale and I feel like this one is going like this and like Worst Person I feel like are going to be like putting Trier and um, Hans and Love like more on the map like publicly than like outside of just like the smaller sort of film obsessed people (laughs) because like uh, IFC's like giving this like a big release and um I mean, her last movie fully, like, didn't come out, and then, like, things to come, and, 
Goodbye First Love, I'm sure, had, like, sort of small runs, but this feels like it's getting a, a bigger push. Um, but, yeah. I mean, we could just move into worst person in the world since you already made the connection. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Worst person in the world. Uh, I loved it. It's my. It, that's my standout of the festival so far. I think it's. Um, you know, it's they. It's a re- sort of a real just like. Um, like really pitched at, at me, and then it's like you know, it's like it's a fun like sort of character study and like you, you 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 there's and then there's like touches of like heightened like theatricality and stuff that you don't expect uh in it and i just find all those moments so wonderful and joyous and like surprising and like i didn't know about any of them going in really there's there's that one still that is from one of those moments but yeah. like you can't tell from the still that what's happening in that moment and i think uh, yeah, just, like, the the moment that it, like, decides to take those leaps, I think it just becomes something truly transcendent and exciting. Uh, I love a movie that calls out, like, it's this is gonna be, like, 12 chapters or what, like, that at the beginning, I think, and, like, the way that you, you, that that helps you, like, with the pacing of it, I think is, like, really good. And I just think, yeah, it's, like, a really good, like, like, an enjoyable sort of consideration of, like, you know what's the right thing to do like i'm not sh- like what's the right choice for my life and 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 how am i going to figure out like what's what what path i want to take you know there's a great song in uh, the musical follies the road you didn't take that i always think about a lot which is you know about looking back at your life as an older person and thinking about like yeah all these doors that closed and that i the road i didn't take uh and 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 what what became of that person who 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 i could have been and i think this is a movie that is about engaging with that more in the moment of when you're making those decisions of like, which person am I going to choose to be? Which person am I going to leave behind? And I think that sort of thing really, I find really emotionally resonant. And I think it's just so well performed and so, uh, and so, and so engaging that uh, it's, yeah, it's my, it's my standout of the festival so far. Oh yeah. I've sort of, well, the opposite side is too harsh because I do like the movie, but I do like have some like problems with it in that just. I think in the micro, I think it's like a great movie. I think it's like if you take it like on a scene by scene basis, I think everybody's giving a great performance. Trier like knows how to like mine intimacy and comedy from like all of these like interesting moments. I just don't know if it ever like coalesces into anything that interesting for me. It's just. It's like Andy mentioned the structure and I'm like on the opposite side of that where I'm just like if you tell me a movie is going to be divided in chapters I am just tapping my foot every second being like okay so what is the next chapter like it, 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 it just like makes me think about it too much in a way that is like it becomes I am just distracting myself which is like absolutely a me thing but it just like gets to me at some point and uh, I mean this is one thing where it's hard to talk about but there is a twist taken towards the end that I'm not fully sure I like love and I think it's like it like sort of broadly like makes me feel like yeah it's like I don't know if it this movie has that much interesting to say about like the paths you take in your life and like the decisions you make like overall I think like as I said, like, in the micro, every specific scene, like, everybody's giving a good performance. Uh, Renat 
the rain rain sieve. I think that yeah. I I, I mean I know what it's how it's spelled. I, I don't I, yeah. I don't know how it's pronounced, but she's like incredibly charming, incredibly good looking. Everybody like everybody. yeah. I mean it's a movie full of hotties. So you yeah. gotta give it up. She like like she's on camera. You want to look at her. Uh, Andrew Danielson Lee gives like a good complex performance as a person that I think is like then like sort of softened by what happened at the end. And uh, what's the third guy's name? Um, I mean the second guy. Yeah, he uh, his name is Herbert, Herbert Nordrum. I think that guy's really good. Yes. I think he's like he's like very funny. And yeah, like, yeah. And like playing this very specific guy who's just like sort of chill with his life and is and is just like blindsided by stuff at some time but it's also like hot as hell and compelling to a person who might be in a relationship with somebody who's like a little too intense and I find all that stuff very very compelling and yeah just like those those small moments of like intimate romance it's just like you you look I like I it, it's like the highest compliment where it's like I thought about Wong Kar Wai sometimes and it's so <laughs> it, that, that is basically the highest compliment I can pay to any <laughs> piece of romance in any film so it has that for it I think it's like worth watching as just like a good time good movie but I don't know if it's, it's something that's like gonna sit with me and I'm gonna be like thinking about a lot yeah I mean it's like an incredibly buzzy movie I think and like it's very exciting. It's very funny. Like seeing it with a full crowd, like laughing at everything. Yes, a warm crowd. I think like really helps this movie a lot. Um, sure. And it is like, uh, like everyone, like Emilio and you're saying, like the, all the actors are extremely charming and like extremely watchable. Um, and I like it a lot. I think it's just like a very, uh, like just exciting movie to watch. Like the sort of. Um, like, very, like, uh, specific stylistic flourishes that Trier, like, indulges in are very fun. There's, like, a scene where uh, a group of people eat mushrooms that is, like, goes, like, very far and is, like, really funny, I think. And um, there's, like, a great scene between uh, the lead character, Julie, and then the uh, the second guy, as we called him, uh Ivand, uh, where they meet each other at, like, a wedding that, uh, the lead character crashes, like, a, like, a, a, like, a party after a wedding or something, basically, and they just, like, hang out and have this sort of, like, night-long romance without being, like, wh where they just talk a lot about, like, what is and what isn't cheating, because they're both in relationships, and it is, like, this sort of, um, idealistic, like, romance that, like, you can have with, like, with someone on a night or whatever, like, very much, like, reminded me of the Link Letter Before trilogy of just, like, this is, like, a thing that you can have where you just, like, have, you, you run into someone and it's just, like, a spark that you can't fight and you have this, uh, you know, one night relationship, um, and then it, the way that the characters come back into each other's life, I think is really fascinating and funny. And, uh, you know, Danielson Lee, he's in, uh, both Bergman Island and this, and like, I saw 22 July at TIFF the year that I was there in 2018. And I'd seen Oslo August 31st. Um, and even like 22 July, which I think sucks, he is like very good in. And I think this is like the sort of back to back of like, 
this guy is, I think, like one of our best actors. And also, uh, at the Q&A afterwards, uh, they did talk about that he is, like, a uh, working physician <laughs> in, you know, uh, where he lives. And it's a very funny thing where they said it and everyone in the crowd was like, oh! <laughs> and he's like, I've never heard this reaction before. Because <laughs> uh, they were just like, you know, Dennis Lim was asking him what it's like to be a doctor during COVID, <laughs> which is a crazy thing to have. But, um... Uh, yeah, there's, like, just a lot of great moments. Like, I think the sort of chaptery structure and, like, also the way that it sort of unfolds. It is, like, a very novelistic movie, I think. Yeah. Um, and I... Uh, and I think it does, like, it does really simple things, like, really well. Where it's just, like, like it'll plant, the, plant a, a taste of a character and then you'll circle back and, like find out more about that character's deal later and I think ways that like I really respond to always like I'm thinking specifically of uh Ivan's wife yes uh, and like when she like orders or she inquires about the book at first and you haven't met her yet yeah. and then you find out all about her later yes. on and so like what the book that she was asking for like becomes so much more like makes so much more sense once you learn yeah. more about it. it's, like very simple like screenwriting stuff yeah. like that like always like really makes me happy yeah and it's a, I mean it's a really funny like that there's like the the whole scene where they like get into Ivan's like wife, yeah, uh, which is just very funny. But it is like, I mean, this is maybe uh, a, a rough thing to even like say about it, but it is like good five hundred days of summery. Like it's like a little twee. It's like a little um, like doing these like weird sort of stylistic things. Sure. Um, but it is like not. Uh, annoying and toxic <laughs> like it's just like it, it it's like a very like recognizable thing like the way that it starts with uh the sort of prologue of her um in school and like how she's like well maybe i'll do this and then maybe i'll do this and maybe i'll do that and then just like works at a bookstore is like very funny um and very like i mean look very relatable oh sure um. No, but yeah, it's like fun. It's like sitcom-y, I guess, is like my take on it. Which is like, it's like fine. I mean, I love a sitcom, so I don't truly don't mean that as an insult. But I, I, I did have some time where I'm just like, where it, it the movie does just be like, oh, this lady is she gonna figure it out? Uh, uh, uh. I hope I don't know. I hope she does. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's likable enough that you are like ruining for her at some point. But it's just like. Yeah. yeah, some stuff I had just like I've seen this before. Sure. Is this one have a? Is, is it coming out? Do we know when? Uh, it neon doesn't has have a date, it, but weirdly. it's not been dated. Yeah. Neon. Yeah, it is another neon movie, but um, but yeah. Um, let's talk about something Jesse's seen. Do we sure. want to talk Bad Luck Banging? Bad sure. Luck Banging. Yeah, that's the other one three of us have seen. Yes. And it's also uh my favorite movie mm. that I've seen so far. Uh. Yeah, it's this uh, movie about a teacher who uh, films a private sex tape with her partner, and he then uploads it to the internet, and it deals with the fallout of that. So uh, it's just sex tape? No. 
No. <laughs> you, you go into it. I went into it sort of. I read that this like that's like the description right. they read about. It, so I sort of went into it explaining like, oh, this is just gonna be like Europeans. There's just gonna be like a funny sex tape movie, and then it is absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. That's just the broad outlines of the plot. Um, but yeah, it it has this uh, three part structure. Uh, the first is, like, I mean, it's it's the Romanian director, Radu Jude, and it's interesting, like, I think the first part is, like, very Christy Puyu, and then the third part is very Cornelio Poromboyu, and then I won't spoil what the second part is. Uh, I mean, it's very, that, that part is, as far as I can tell, very uniquely Jude. Uh, but yeah, so the first part is just kind of her, like, going about her day, running errands, and then the third part is this meeting where, uh, the parents are most, uh, the parents at the school are, like, mostly arguing that she should be fired and she's trying to defend herself, uh, but it's just, like, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, the, the, the movie starts with the entirety of the sex tape, uh, very explicitly shown. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, I think Emilio has said that despite the movie being called "Bad Luck Banging" or "Looney Porn," it still has more porn than you expect. Mm -hmm. I mean, for sure, it's like again. I read that description. I'll be like, yeah, it'll be a movie where they like obliquely reference a sex tape. There'll be some sex stuff because obviously it's European, so they'll be more explicit about it. And now it just. Begins with hardcore penetration. Yeah. Women giving a woman giving a blowjob. I've never seen so many jerk back dicks in a movie. Yeah, full trace. <laughs> Just like it, 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 like it goes extremely hard in the paint <laughs> from the beginning, and then the first part is like very slow. Yeah, and yeah. then it just like sort of. Saying it ramps up is not really accurate because it is, it is like three very different parts with three very different energies. Right. Like if you told me three different filmmakers made the the <laughs> movie, I would believe you. Sure. But uh, I don't know. It's just wild. I I really liked it. It's maybe my second favorite thing after Bergman. I I watch. I I think it's like. It's one of the few movie. It's like things being provocative is always a, a thing that like. It, like 90% of the time it just like wears thin on me and I'm like not a fan and I think this is one of the few movies I've ever seen that I think is like very interestingly provocative yeah. and I think yeah. intelligent about the way in which it's doing it yeah I mostly agree I'm like a little soft on it because I think the uh, that sort of first act is like almost detrimentally like slow and like uh, it has its moments for sure because like what he's doing formally is, like, you see the lead character and she, like, walks in and does something in the scene or just, like, walks through and then he just pans the camera around and there's, like, some interesting aspect to it where it's, like, it's mostly on, like, street corners and stuff that he's doing this and it's, like, you see people, like, sort of spike the lens and, like, there's moments where people come up and, like, say something to the camera where you're, like, obviously this is, like, part of it but then there's also that sort of, like, people in the background are just, like, making eye contact and, like, doing, like, bits, like, dancing, and it's, like, is this him just 
filming, you know, the lead actress, like, on a street, and, Because uh, yeah. it's, like, I don't think we mentioned it, but the movie was completely shot during COVID. Yes, you, like, yeah, see, yeah. like, street corners full of people, like, wearing masks. See, so, yeah. They, people have conversations about, like, what teaching like is under COVID. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, like, I'm sure we'll talk about it, the other COVID movie that I've seen so far, um, but it is, like, a very fascinating, uh, you know, sort of exploration of what life is like during COVID, where, like, everyone's tensions are high, and you have, like, these sort of... Like, when we talked about the White Lotus, uh, they, they, like... I think I talked about that, like, it just sort of feels like Mike White took everything that happened that everyone was talking about in the last year and just put it into one thing of, like... There's, like, jokes about Zoom meetings, and then, like, there's, like, weird sort of Karen stuff in it, and, like, the sort of uh, political discourse that the daughters get into is on. And then in this, I feel like it's a very similar thing of, like, um, it's just, like, you have people, uh, you know, yelling at, like, service workers, and, like, uh, you have everyone, like, every time someone's mask, like, dips below their nose... Someone will be like, mask, mask, and they, like, pull it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then, I mean, I don't know. I guess Jesse doesn't want... We, we, we don't want to spoil too much. But, like, the middle section, I think, is very interesting and very funny. And that's, like, another great thing. Like, it's I, this movie, we talked about it. Like, uh, Magnolia bought it. Um, but I don't know, like, what, this, what sort of theatrical release this will get, because yeah, it is yeah. so crazy. Yeah, I will, I will assume people will not be able to watch it in theaters. But it will the, come yeah. to VOD, and I They'll think... probably go R-rated, or no. unrated, I mean. Unrated. Uh, yeah. Yes, unrated. unrated. Um, and not even bother getting the NC-17, like, slapped on it. Yeah, like, sure. Uh, I mean, it might it might be too hardcore for an NC-17, uh, I'll say. Yeah. You, um, but yeah, like, the middle, it's this sort of, like... It's it's pretty funny, uh, or it's, it's very funny, and it's great to see with the crowd, um, and the and like the the provocation of it. I go back and forth on sort of because I think it is interesting, and he is saying things that like you don't really see people talk about it in a movie, but then also the way that he like will reference things. I'm like, is this all just like a troll? Like he is. I, I said it on Twitter that. Judah is maybe, like, the most pilled <laughs> filmmaker that we have, uh, and, uh, it's, like, very apparent in this, and, like, I do need to see, um, Barbarian, oh, we do not, uh, care if we go down in history as Barbarians, which was his, uh, movie before this, and I've heard that is great also, and I like this enough to, like, where I am, uh, definitely excited to check out more of his stuff, um, but, like, the first sort of section is like incredibly like dull at times um with like occasional peaks and then the middle and the the second and the third segments are both uh the more exciting and funny uh sections and there's the um the ending of it is like it's uh (laughs) whenever we like (laughs) we'll go into spoilers uh down the line or whatever it's one that i'm like I cannot believe they put this in the movie. It's so exciting. It's just insane. Yeah. I mean, it's like, the third act of the movie is what I was expecting the movie to be, like, mm-hmm. reading the description where it's just, like, a, like, conference, like, it's like a parent-teacher conference where they're all discussing, like, why, like, whether or not she has to get fired for this. And it's, like, mm-hmm. 
and all the teachers and it's like an insane conversation yes. which as Colin mentioned dips into like people talking about like weird capitalism people yeah. talking about like the accusing people of being Jewish and part of like a George Soros building yes yes <laughs> Uh, and, and the like teacher just having to fight back the, the sex tape just being shown next to her face yes yeah they like put it in front of her and then like someone shows up late and they have an ipad and show it to the person who shows up late and you just hear it playing again um but then like there is like a priest at the school who is wearing a mask that says i can't breathe on it and it's just so crazy like everything in it you just see yeah. these little um, moments and it's like, yeah, like why a, are you doing this? like a weird like a military guy shows up where, not wearing a mask they tell him to put on a mask and he's like i will but y'all are sheeple and yeah like, he's no. like, yeah and, and it and it's just like i think i think it's like half trolling half serious i think I, I don't... It's like a movie where, like, there was a Q&A afterwards and we all just left. And afterward I was just like, that's sort of a movie I maybe don't want to hear what the guy making it yeah. had to say about it. But I'm also like, I think the movie knows what it's doing and yeah. it sort of, like, has its mind in the right place. Yeah, it, and it, it is just, like, an extremely aggressive movie that wants to, like, have the conversation yes, about everything. It doesn't feel like he's just doing it, like, for provocation's sake. Like, there is substance to it I think uh but it is there's just like he's putting a lot on the table like there is a a moment during the parent-teacher conference where they're like she's teaching her kids about like the holocaust and that like uh we were on the wrong side or whatever and they were like when did you do this and she was like it was holocaust remembrance day <laughs> and everyone's like we all know that the holocaust was fake or whatever and they like just go into like these like very like extremist parents yeah, okay, because it's like, that's why I think it, it does have its mind in the right place, because it's like, the movie exists mostly from the teacher's perspective, yes, yeah. and she is like, on the right yeah, side yeah, of yeah. most of the thing, and she is just like, fighting back, and it's just like, a like, more harder, like, the people at the conference are like, going harder at her than you expect most movies to go at her, they're just like, throwing insane shit at her, talking about like, whether kids are like, to be expected to, like, not be in on the internet or, like, like yeah. what is the relationship between, like, what it, what is a teacher's responsibility and a parent's responsibility and just, like, general life stuff. People will just, like, walk up and <laughs> there's just, like, weird bits happening in the background about mm -hmm. people, like, cleaning statues and just, like, yeah. I mean, I think the second section is also, like, really great. Like, just, like, yeah. to be, talk about it, like, super obliquely is just basically, like, this, like, weird video essay about, like, the, the, the like like history and definition of human taste that yeah. is like extremely funny but also like very harsh at some points that I think that is like gr great to see in a movie but it's like yeah it, it's like a thousand percent I think people should watch it it's mm -hmm. like you'd sort of I mean, I went into it not knowing what I was getting into, and I enjoyed it a lot, which I realize is not the experience anybody hearing us talk about it is going to have, but I yeah. do think there is, like, we are still somehow not doing it justice. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, so much fun. For sure. So, do we want to move on to something else? Yeah. Um, um, I can talk about Belle really quick. Sure, yeah, yeah, I yeah, watched sure. it. Uh, Bell's the mom, new Mamoru Hosada movie director of Mirai, which we've talked about, and uh, Wolf Children, Girl Who Left for Time. Uh, it's like, alright. It's like a classic one of his movies, and that it maybe has like 20% too much premise. In that, it's sort of about this tale about this girl 
who her mother died when she was young and her mother was like a musician and she's like a musician too but since her mother died she like can't find the courage to like sing and like do music in public because she's just like very reserved and like private so she there's like this like social media website that you basically like log on to with your mind or whatever that where people like basically like a second lifey thing where people have these avatars created based on them and she finds that she yeah she can sing inside of that social media platform with, with anonymity and she like finds her voice and like she becomes like incredibly popular like billions of hits on youtube news channels discussing this like anonymous singer on this social media website and then the movie has like three more premises after that where mm-hmm. it becomes like a like shot for shot beauty and the beast riff there's like some child abuse stuff there's like this very there's like this very like nice slice of life just like classic anime just like teens in high school romance and it's one of those things where i think individually all of those parts are like decently executed but just like as things that are happening in the same movie it just like absolutely does not coalesce and just like I think some parts actively drag on the other parts because it's just like I don't think these things make sense together it's like I think the stuff that works the best is like the like small slice of life romance stuff and the like specific like her singing on social media stuff that I think if the movie was just about that I would think it's like pretty great and pretty charming and there's this like one very good scene with the slice of life stuff that is basically like this one solid shot of just like people walking that it features a lot of people walking in and walking out that it was just like a blast to see in the crowd and people were like laughing having a good time but there's just too much going it's it's just like truly like you need to cut out. if like somebody cut out 20 minutes of it i think it would be very good but it <laughs> just like has too much stuff in it um, yeah, that's everything I have to say about Bell. Yeah. Um, should we talk a little bit about current stuff? Sure. Or, or I guess uh, I guess the only other bit, the only other main slate thing I've seen is Titan. Yeah. Uh, right. If we want to do that before we get to current stuff, or yeah, we can. Yeah, there's Titan and Benedetta. Benedetta. Okay. Do we want to hit those seen? first and then do current? Yeah, I think those okay. can be quick. I mean, we talked about Titan. Yes, I I am a similarly in the not not a big fan club as Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I maybe liked it a little bit more. I don't know. There's like I think it like looks pretty cool, and uh, it's got uh, you know it's got some interesting stuff in it. But it was ultimately yeah, just like pretty one note. I thought and like definitely like the like i don't know the overall premise like really restricts like what you're able to get out of that lead character in a way that i think like is really harmful to the to the movie as a whole and it was just yeah it was not it was not something that i was having a great time with unfortunately but uh but you know uh i'm glad people are loving it and 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 we'll we'll i'm sure we'll hear more on that once uh once the other two here have seen it, because um, because yeah. who knows what they'll think. Yeah, you want to talk yeah. a little bit about Benedetta? Yeah, I mean Benedetta, I like much more than Titan, but is similarly just like a movie that is maybe not as provocative as it thinks it is. Yeah, I mean, I it's a weird thing to think about because it is this movie that has existed, like in the sort of conversation for like what like five years almost since like 2017 like um right uh and you know when you sell a movie as like 
Paul Verhoeven making his like sexy les- lesbian nun movie. There's like something you just like. He's a very extreme filmmaker, right? And uh, like he has made plenty of very yeah. successful provocations, including exactly. his last movie, yeah, like L. Like, uh, but then this is just like very low key, considerably. Like, there's moments obviously where someone uses like a Virgin Mary as a dildo. <laughs> like that is the sort of thing, and like you have the Catholic Church protesting it outside of the screening. Um, but it is truly just, like, a very, like, mid-movie. Like, there's, uh, no real, uh, problems with it, really. It's just like, okay, yeah, that's it. We've seen Benedetta now, like, moving on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ephir is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, truly, I have, like, no complaints about it. It's just, like, very, like, I, it was the, the movie that I was, like, having moments where I, like, opened my eyes and I was like, I just had my eyes closed for like the last minute and a half <laughs> and realizing like that I'm very tired, especially in like the, the first hour or so. Like there's, yeah. um, when, when she sort of like gets promoted <laughs> after that, it's like pretty engaging. Yeah. Um, but and, like, like Lambert Wilson shows yeah. up towards the end and he's pretty funny. He's funny. Yeah. Um, but this was, this was a one where I was like, like, during Bad Like Banging Your Looney Porn, there was, like, a bunch of laughs in it, but, like, the people around me weren't necessarily la- necessarily <laughs> laughing as much as I was, and I was like, oh, <laughs> and then during this, there's, like, people cracking up around me. I'm like, this is not that funny. <laughs> like, this movie is, like, just very, like, normal. <laughs> um, but, sure. yeah. Uh, Currents. Should we talk the opening night of Currents film, Segua Diaries? Yeah. Um... Why don't you start? You're the one who really yeah. likes So it. this is my favorite of the festival so far. Um, it's, you know, uh, Miguel Gomez and Maureen... Fasandero. There we go. Um, and it's their COVID movie where... And, like, it was a great sort of double feature with Bergman Island in a way because it's also uh, mm-hmm. a very fascinating, like movie within a movie maybe structure right. um where you have these three actors um making a movie under quarantine restrictions and then throughout the movie you have like crew and the directors sort of going over like what they want to do in the movie and like uh there's like Scenes where one of the directors, uh, or Maureen, she is, uh, pregnant and, like, has to go get, like, uh, an ultrasound, and then it, you have scenes where people are, like, arguing over what, uh, like, the email that was, like, sent out for, like, what you want for breakfast is, like, as they're doing this sort of, like, here's everything that you can't do under these COVID restrictions, Mm -hmm. um... But it's also told in reverse, where the movie starts with a title card that says, uh, Day 22, and then it goes all the way back to the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, and it's bookended by these scenes where they have a party, basically, uh, where everyone dances to the song Night by Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons, as you have these, like, huge blasts of, like, red light, and then, like, green light, and blue light, and it's shot, it's like this gorgeous-looking movie... Um, and it is just, like, incredible. It's, like, so, uh, exciting the way that it sort of reveals what is happening as it goes. And, like, Emilio talking about in Worst Person in the World where it's, like, 
the chapter sort of structure, like, okay, like, when's the next one coming? Uh, this, I f- had the sort of opposite where I was like, oh, mm-hmm. we're to the next day already. Okay, what's going to happen now? Yeah. And, like, trying to figure out, like, there is a bit of, like, uh, a mirroring effect to it also. Like, the way that, like, mm-hmm. bookending it with the, the dancing, obviously, but then there's also just, like, things that happen that are very, like, reflective of what um, they were doing at the beginning that's now at the end, but was the beginning in uh, chronology. And I, like, uh, I didn't see it. I, I, they had, like, a virtual Q&A when yeah. they were there. Yeah. I don't know if they talk about, like, what order it was filmed in. Um, I don't think so. But I, mean, I'm, I didn't stay for the whole sure, thing. Sure, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, like, very fascinated by, like, what that's like I mean similar to Bergman Island where it's like how do you perform this um I'm like very curious like if they are like literally just vibing or if it is just like you're going to do this and we're going to uh edit it so it is like it's the reverse order or they shot it straight through and then flipped it in the edit uh, and it's just it's just crazy. I think it's closest to just vibing where they like it sounds like they they didn't have a super clear idea of what it was gonna be going in and they sort of just discovered it as they were filming I, it. I mean yeah. But I mean and it's just exactly like it's an interesting thing because I'm like thinking about where I would like put it on like a year end list or whatever, like what I would like think about and it's like not a movie where I'm like this performance is, like, insanely good. It's just, like, a perfectly gelled thing that I'm, like, this as a movie is, like, the best thing that I've seen this year. Right. I mean, I think if you're, like, talking about, like, where you're putting it on your personal nominations, it's just, like, a feat of directing and editing to get it together. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, um, I was just, like, buzzing when I got out of the theater. Like, Bergman Island, I loved, and I was, like, I'm so hot on this movie. And then when I saw Sue, I was like, this is, like, I'm, like, ready to just, like, run up and down the streets. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, as I said, I, I like it. I, it's just a movie that is very unclear, and I never felt like it got clarified for me. Not that it has to, uh, just, like. And, like, I, I said to Colin, like, Gomez's movies always, like, sit well with me, and I kind of want to, like, do more of a deeper... I mean, I've seen most of the, like, later stuff, uh, but just would be interested in, like, going deeper on him and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta see Arabian Nights. if I can really get into it, yeah. Yeah. And, like, Arabian Nights, he's doing similar kind of meta stuff though it takes up less of the runtime. Um and then yeah, Taboo is another really cool movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen uh Our Beloved Month of August. I think that's also like a weird meta movie. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, he like was supposed to shoot a movie right before the pandemic started, uh, it sounded like it was maybe more in line with Taboo, uh, like some kind of, I think it's called Selvaharia, like, a, and, like, that was part of the, uh, um, Locarno thing last year of, like, movies that had their production impacted by the right. pandemic that they 
put into competition, and so hopefully it'll eventually get made. Uh, I'm interested to see what that would be. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's the only other thing that Andy's seen, Social Hygiene. Social Hygiene, yeah, that's the best current movie I've seen so far. I've seen seeing another one. In a few hours as we record yeah, this. Um, social hygiene in yes. a few hours. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Denis Cote, or Cote, I'm, he's Qu- yeah. Qu- Quebecal. Quebecois, excuse me. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's essentially, there's I think there's like 13 scenes in it, and they're all like, ex- they're shot like extremely long takes, uh, like extremely wide shots, uh, and it's just people mostly standing uh, in, like, one spot and, like, you know, sort of not really facing each other and having these conversations. There's, like, a central figure who's in most of the scenes, uh, or who is the subject of the scenes that he's not in, who's, like, a guy who, like, can't get his life together and, like, has debts all over the place and, like, thinks, kind of thinks he's the shit, but isn't. Um, he talked a lot about, like, it's gotten a reputation of being, like, a pandemic movie, and, like, he's like, it's true that we filmed it in the pandemic and we wouldn't have filmed it if it wasn't for the pandemic. But actually, he wrote it in, like, 2005 and, like, didn't really change right. it since then. Um, and uh, and it, it really came about because, like, yeah, like, these, like, theater actors who we knew were like, we can't work right now. Can we just do something? And they, they shot it over, like, five days or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh it's it's very I think it's 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 pretty solid I think you know as far as like those things go you know it's 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 a lot of like you're gonna get out of it what you're gonna get out of it and I think I think if you if you do uh, like you know give it some give it some mm-hmm. some time it, it it's it's worth it uh, there was some talk at the Q and A afterwards of like the translation being tricky for this one mm-hmm. and like how there's just some stuff that's not going to translate when it's something that that's this talky and this like mm. language based. Cause like really he was like, yeah, the thing I was like, I was like swimming in this sort of like these books or whatever. And so like these dialogues like sort of emerged for me and that's sort of the primary form of it. Um, there's a lot of like sound design stuff too. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think it's solid and well worth seeing if it's, uh, if it's going to be available to you. It's only like 75 minutes long too. So it's like easy breezy. Yeah, I don't know that it has distribution. It, yeah, what I've heard about it is that it, it's kind of a return to form for Kote, who's been around for a while, but yeah, I think his movies this past decade have been mostly not that well received. Sure. He talked about, he's making like another big budget thing, bigger mm-hmm. budget thing now. So like sure. he sort of like alternates between those. He's clearly a guy who thinks a lot about like his body of work as a whole and like the sort of thing like he like he's he he likes to like have a conversation about his movies. I think I could tell from the Q and A. Um, sure. So yeah, I I you know like I said, recommend it if you can if you can catch it somewhere. Um, it's it's pretty it's a pretty easy watch. I think it's you know and and it is funny. There's some funny stuff in it for sure. Uh, yeah. Is that it? Is that all the movies we've seen? I think so. I saw a revival. I don't oh know. yeah, I sure. saw Hester Street, um, the Joan McLean Silver movie, uh, and it's incredible. It's like that was my number one of what I'd seen here so far. Uh, it's about um, moving, like coming to America. Uh, this guy, uh, Stephen Keats, is the actor's name, I think. Um, he lives there. He like immigrated. And, uh, he's, like, sort of a bon vivant and, like, has these, like, romances 
and then his wife, who's Carol Kane, and uh, their son come back, and it's just about how sort of hard it is for her to assimilate, and, like, he's trying to get, they're, like, um, you know, they're Jewish, and he's trying to get her to, like, take off her wig, and, like, have her normal hair, and, like, he's changing their son's name from, like, Yakul to Joey, and he's just trying to, like, be, like, you know, as American as possible, um, and it's just, like, very gorgeous looking. The restoration is insane. Um, the cinematographer was there as was the production designer, but they didn't do any talk or talking af afterwards, but it, like, there's moments where you sort of just have characters walking around, or, like, uh, they go to a park at one point, and they're playing stickball, and it's completely silent other than the music, and it truly looks like it's just something from the silent era, and it's, um, it's really just magnificent. Uh, Micklin Silver, I've seen, I think this is the fourth of her movies that I've seen, and she's like, you know, I feel like a lot of people discovered her filmography last year after she passed away, and she's like truly one of the, uh, best, I think, that we ever had, and like, I have not even seen the movie that people claim is her best yet, um, but, like, Carol Kane, uh, got nominated for an Oscar for this, and that, like, in, an, in and of itself is crazy, even though, I guess, you think about, like, the Oscars in the 70s are very different than the Oscars are now, but it is, like, an incredibly unshowy performance that's just very subtle and, like, very pitched, like, perfectly as just, like, someone trying to be, like, amenable but also hold on to her principles and then like when that sort of flips and she's like giving up her principles in favor of like a more exciting life and stop trying to be amenable to someone who like doesn't love her uh it's just astonishing and like it is a, a great great movie that um with a restoration you know you hope something like that is getting like uh, like a wide, like blue, like a Blu-ray release soon or something like that, and maybe like it'll get put out. Like it'll have like a, a run in theaters as well. But uh, yeah, the incredible movie that I think everyone should see, and everyone should watch all of her movies. <laughs> all right, great, cool. Is the plan to be back towards the end of the week? I think so. Maybe another thing on like Thursday, maybe? Right. Or something like that? Because I leave on Friday, so that'll be like sure. the last opportunity we're all like together. I guess I guess we could do it like early Friday morning or something, but that would be after after Venom 40X that yeah. night. I don't think we're going to want to no. be in the mood to, to podcasting. We'll be, uh, we'll have witnessed too much carnage. Um, so yeah, we'll be back at you later this week with some more updates from the film festival. We're having a great time. Uh, if, if you're listening to this and see any one of us please do like say hello yeah uh we've met some some folks uh who uh who, who are, are around in our orbit and that's been very fun so far yeah uh yeah and you know we're in new york <laughs> together in the same room keep on rocking in the free world <laughs> yeah Colin, are you gonna play us out still? Oh, sure. Uh, I didn't. I was not ready for this. I forgot sure. that. That's. I, I mean, was gonna. You know, it was the one thing you said you were gonna do, and then you forgot about it. Is this so. the end of the episode, or is it gonna be appended? Is, are we gonna append the Thursday to this? I thought we were gonna put up right like right okay. now, like Great. today. Sounds good. Yeah. Then. When Cullen is ready, I will... <laughs> He's sweating so much right now. <laughs> I will go ahead and release 
our audience. We can't end on two straight Frankie Valley songs. Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bye. Bye. You can stop whenever. <laughs> you gonna fade it out? No. <laughs>